0: Le Roi est mort. Vive le Roi. If you'll excuse my awful French, it's a phrase that originated in 1400s France, used to mark the passing of the old king and to celebrate the arrival of a new king. Simply put, in English, the king is dead. Long live the king. This weekend, we'll see the climax of the CIS cross country season happen in Guelph, Ontario, and it promises to be the most exciting it's been in years, both individually and in the team race. With serious threats from out west, Quebec, the east coast, and Ontario alike, it could possibly be the first year that we say goodbye to the old guard and perhaps welcome in a new king. With cross-country being as it is, no one truly knows how it's going to shake out. But if one thing is guaranteed, it's going to be one hell of a race. On this week's show, we'll try to make sense of it all with our panel of experts residing across this fine land. As well, we'll chat with Chris Moulton, assistant coach of the reigning champion Guelph Griffins, and an organizer of the meet this weekend. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, a podcast about competitive running in Canada. You can find us via Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, as well as tracky.ca. Now the pinnacle of CIS cross-country is going down this weekend in Guelph, Ontario, and we'll see some of the best in our collegiate system battle it out on the grass and dirt in what's sure to be a really exciting race. Now joining us to talk about this meet is Chris Moulton, assistant coach of the host Guelph Griffins. Welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Thanks for having me, Michael.
0: Uh, Guelph is known for being a real running-focused community with uh, multiple running clubs, a ton of notable runners. You know, what kind of local turnout are you expecting on Saturday?
1: We're expecting a really good turnout, Michael. We have uh, a lot of different things going on this weekend uh, in running in Guelph, and we expect a lot of people to be out there on Saturday. We actually have uh, Dick Beardsley, the uh, famous marathoner, coming to town on Friday, uh, thanks to New Balance and the running works. Um, We have uh, some community races following the CIS championships on Saturday. Uh, We have an alumni breakfast for our our, uh, University of Guelph alumni and friends Uh, Saturday morning and then Sunday we have our uh, Santa run if you can believe it so we got a a lot going on this weekend and I I think uh, for people in running it's fans of running in our community they're going to get out and we're going to have a ton of alumni back in town so we're expecting a really strong turnout from our contingent and we're also expecting a really strong t- turnout from from other schools i know Windsor's is bringing a fan bus i know mac has a, a large uh, contingent that they're planning to, to bring up to the meet um and those are just two schools that are local but also waterloo wilfrid laurier uh, western there's a whole bunch of schools Tor- toronto um nearby so we expect to have a, a large crowd on hand on saturday
0: well, you know, Guelph is in really that perfect uh, pocket, kind of in the middle of uh, southern Ontario. But it does seem to be a question every single year, uh, you know, what kind of coverage is going to be offered at this year's meet uh, for the people still at home? You know, how can people follow along?
1: Yeah, we are endeavoring to, to live stream it on uh, CIS-SIC.TV, which is the uh, CIS uh, streaming page. Uh, we have Reid commentating. Uh, some of that, the challenge with cross-country is just the nature of the sport that makes it a bit more challenging to live stream um, because you're often out in fields where there's not hardwired Internet connections or things of that nature. Um, so I know speaking to the guys uh, at AthleticsCanada.tv and runner Space this past weekend up at OFSA, it uh, creates some real challenges, particularly when you're going in through trees and things like that and trying to get the signal out. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a, a one, one camera uh, streamed following the leader's. Uh, we looked at a bunch of different options, uh, but this was the one that we felt would be most effective in getting the message out or the, the video out. Um, and we'll have Reed Coolset commentating, so we're, we're quite excited about that. Uh, we'll also endeavor to have live results or near live results uh, from our timing crew. Um, they did the OUA championships um, this past uh, few a few weeks ago and, and have done a number of meets. Um, including last year's office of championships and are also the timing crew for the uh, national championships this year. So they have a lot of experience and I think they're going to do a great job in getting results out quite quickly. Um, So those are are probably the best ways to follow. And obviously there'll be lots of people on Twitter uh, tweeting results out as well.
0: You know, part of the uh, charm of cross country is that every course is a little bit different. What features make the Guelph course stand out?
1: Yeah, I think uh, our course has a a couple of unique fig- features and, and things that make it special for us. Um, we have effectively almost a figure-eight course, so it's a very spectator-friendly course. Uh, we have a 1K loop and a 2.5K loop that we'll be using this weekend. Uh, the f- the 2.5K loop uh, almost doubles back on itself, not quite. So So it's quite easy for a fan in the women's race to catch the runners between five and six times with not a lot of movement, uh, and in the men's race, catching the runners eight times. So it's a very spectator-friendly course. Uh, we also have a very long finishing hill. It's about almost 200 meters right before the finish, and then it flattens out for the last 100. The men will go up that hill four times, uh, the women three times. Um, so it's quite a challenging course. Uh, we do have a lot of different interesting changes of surface, uh, and we have a, the start and finish area are side by side. So uh, even we expect a big crowd, and it, it seems even bigger because they're not spread out across the course. They're, it gets quite loud on that finishing hill uh, in the laps going up, and, and certainly on the last lap it can be quite deafening.
0: You know, while the... Uh a couple of courses that we're familiar with: the Kingston Fort Henry course. It's you know super super hard, super compact underneath the course, and it's known for producing fast times. And on the flip side of that, we had the Offsome meet this past weekend in Collingwood, and that course was you know all hills and mud and that sort of stuff, uh, very slow, very cerebral, all that sort of stuff. How does the Guelph course fit in?
1: So specifically compared to those two courses. Uh, you, you, this Kingston course is—you can often get quite windy days up there. Uh, our course has a lot of trees coverage, so you won't see quite as much wind. Uh, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's on a large part of it's on higher ground, so we certainly would It doesn't—it doesn't kind of get as muddy as, as you would have seen it off. So, you can run quite fast on our course. Uh, Simon Barry holds the course record at twenty eight forty nine, I believe. Um, now that was probably the best run I've ever seen in my life, or certainly one of them. Hmm. Um, but I would expect uh, on the men's side to see a winner in the low 30-minute range. Um, we've seen a, a number of sub-30-minute runs over the years uh, at the national championships when we hosted them and uh, close to those times when we hosted the OUA championships as well. Um, so you can run quickly. It, it is a challenging course. Uh, as I mentioned, there is the finishing hill. We have two other hills on the course um, that are decent climbs. Um, the first kilometer of the course uh, for the men uh, is very quick. Um, it is a it is a not quite a net downhill, but it has a pretty long descent and then a short hill up at the uh, just before the K. So you do get some quick opening kilometers. Uh, the women do a, a new loop that we have haven't run. We've run at the Vic Matthews, but haven't run in a championship yet, uh, which is a one K loop, which uh, finishes with the uh, the finishing hill. Or um, so so we'll see what that leads to them. But we've seen uh, our our girls run quite quickly on that in practice. So. I could see some, some quick opening kilometers from them as well. So uh, it, it can be a fast course, but it certainly is a testing course. And, and there's also a, a variety of different surfaces, grass, gravel, uh, dirt, um, wood chips, so a bunch of different surface changes that the runners do encounter. Um, so I think we will see some quick times, but the runners will be well tested to achieve those marks.
0: It seems in a lot of sports there's you know home ice advantage, there's home field advantage. In cross country, do you believe... In A home course advantage, and if so, will it be something that will really work in Guelph's favor this weekend?
1: Yeah, you know, if you look at the research for other sports, uh, home ice and home field advantages uh, is normally associated with actually uh, officiating bias. Um, You won't see any officiating bias, I wouldn't expect, uh, this weekend, uh, given the lack of officials or or very few officials in cross-country. That being said, you know our athletes have spent a lot of time on our course, so there certainly is a a potential advantage for us in the fact that we train on it on on an almost daily basis. Um, Other teams have come up, uh, Dalhousie, Laval, and a number of other universities came up uh, to run at the Vic Matthews this year and and, uh, last year um i know mcmaster was up on the course on uh on saturday to test it out um so it, it's not a, a course that other teams necessarily haven't seen um but i, I think we do have a bit of an advantage and, and uh we do expect a, a fairly partisan fan base uh, we have a very strong following um at locally and also a strong alumni base so we do expect a, a strong turnout and, a, and a, a strong crowd that will be cheering for for our team um that being said that can work as both a positive and a negative. So we have to, you know, use that energy, channel that energy effectively.
0: If people want to uh, take in the action this weekend, where can they go for more information?
1: So probably the best place to go is to the CIS website, uh, cis-sic.ca, and then just click on the championships link and you can go to the cross-country page. Uh, The women race at 11.30, uh, the men at 12.20. Uh, the course is in the Guelph Arboretum on the uh, north side of the uh, Arboretum lands. Um, so all the information is on that CIS website. But uh, I encourage people to come out. We're supposed to have a good day on Saturday, uh, and cross country is a really exciting sport to see live.
0: Just quickly uh, before you go, how are the Griffins looking this year?
1: Yeah, you know we've had a, a good year, Michael. It's uh, you know we we've had some st- very strong teams over the past few years uh and the competition this year is quite stiff uh you know the trinity western women's team if we're looking at the women's side a very strong team uh you know they graduated two exceptional athletes in Fiona Benson and uh, Allison Jackson but they've uh, replaced them quite quite well with uh Lisa brookings and Mariel Martins um so they're a very strong team uh Queens had a good run at OU's. Uh U of T obviously has Gabriella Stafford who's a, a great runner and some strong backup behind her. Uh, and there's some great teams out east out and in Quebec and also on the West Coast. So we expect a very strong battle on the women's side. On the guys side, you know, as we saw at OUs anything can happen. It's a very uh tightly packed field. Uh Windsor ran exceptionally well at OUs, uh as did McMaster. Uh I also I could see any one of six teams competing for Uh, The men's title. So we've got our hands full. You know, the the level of the CIS uh, is rising every year. Um, I think, in my opinion, this might be the best women's field we've seen, certainly at the front end. Uh, And uh, on the guy's side, the depth is, is very strong. To me, the guy's side presents a fairly wide-open race individually, Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Uh, Obviously, uh, Alex Wilkie ran great at OU's, won that race. Uh, Declan White's been running great on the West Coast as well. So there's some names to watch for, but I I think there's a a list of probably four or five or more guys that that could take the individual title. So uh, it's going to present an exciting exciting race on uh, Saturday.
0: The best of the best of Canadian collegiate running is going on this Saturday in Guelph, Ontario. Uh, If you can, be sure to make it out. Uh, Thanks a lot, Chris Moulton. He's the uh, assistant coach of the Guelph Griffins. Uh, Very much appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for your time, Michael.
0: You're tuned into the Terminal Mile at the Terminal Mile on Twitter. And with the CIS cross-country season reaching its pinnacle on Saturday, it would be a lot to ask of a single person to know everything there is to know about every school and their cross-country team. That's why we contacted only the most knowledgeable, insightful experts in the field to make up our expert panel. Now, unfortunately, all those folks are all busy, leaving us with our current panel of former collegiate runners. Just kidding, of course, but they will help you make sense of it all. Joining us from the land of altitude and oil, representing the Western Conference, we have Trevor Nacho Libre Hofbauer. He's the third place finisher in the Canadian Half Marathon Championships this year and former SAIT Trojan. Also we're joined by our in-house run pundit, winner of the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Half Marathon and former Queen's Golden Gale, Jeff Koston. He'll be covering the OUA. And representing Quebec and the AUS post-collegiate athlete training under McGill Olympic, it's Ryan Noel Hodge. And with a special look at the big picture, self-described as the Perez Hilton of the Canadian track world of no tangible skill or accomplishment, Widely recognized as an authority for reasons that no one can quite put their finger on is Jen Dowling Medley. Welcome to the show, all. Hi. Sounds less flattering
2: when you say it like
0: that. That was nice. Okay, well, you know, now by this point, we've seen what every team has to offer, starting in the West and moving towards the East. Looking at you first, Trevor, who do you think has the best chance at taking the men's team title in each of your respected conferences?
3: So from the West, I think Trinity Western's going to have a good representation. They had uh, six of their, or they had their top six guys within the top 16 overall in the BC champs, and they're led by Declan White. And then also, University of Victoria isn't to be um, looked over either. They had four of their top guys in the top 18. And then out of the UFC, um, they had Alex James, who is out with a Cygnix, so he couldn't get into the race, but Russell Pinnock had a really good race. Stefan Daniel was all right as through a cup. He has a lot more potential within, so I think UFC could be a force to reckon with.
2: Moving east, uh,
0: Jeff, how, how's the OUA looking? Who, who's who got that team title there?
2: I think Guelph will win on both sides. They um, they have home course advantage and a lot of people are excited to see how close wins are made on the men's side, but but there's no reason to think that I that they'll improve more to, than Guelph does over the next couple of weeks. I think Guelph's best athletes probably underachieved more than anyone. So there's a lot of growth potential there, and they have their home home course, and I would think they end up winning the women's side as well. They um they definitely have the most depth out of anyone. Their one to five at OUA's was all within the top eleven, I think, and they. Uh, they were all within a minute of each other as well so I think as the spreads get a bit bigger at CIS it's going to be very tough for anyone to hang with that Uh, as far as other contenders I think on the women's side you'll see Queens do pretty well they will probably come out with a medal they had one last year and have all seven runners returning and we're missing a couple athletes at OUAs that might help them out in the depth spots a bit and um, on the men's side, obviously, as I mentioned, Windsor made it really close at OUAs, and I don't think they're going anywhere for CIs.
0: All right, taking a look at uh, at the land east of the center of the universe, uh, Ryan, what's going on in uh, Quebec and the East Coast?
4: Well, um, in the Quebec Conference, men on the men's side, Laval definitely takes, takes the win. Uh, you've got a strong, strong men's team of Nick, Danny, Alex, and... Um, Patrick Rouleau and Vincent Hoime um, who squeezed they squeezed their, their first five guys into the top six in the Quebec Conference so uh, there's no doubt that the Laval team will take that that uh, that uh, that, uh, that lead um, and then uh, on the women's side um, you've got uh, Jeanne uh, Jean Mercier and uh, Anne-Marie Gauthier Marguerite Plantoubet um, they'll, be, they'll be leading uh, the Laval women um, from the Quebec Conference at uh, in, in, uh, the championship race. As far as dark horses, uh, Manny Waver has been showing some real good fitness since his uh, injury, uh, unfortunate head injury, and he's been just climbing the ladder steadily. And uh, my personal pick for 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 on the women's side is mel morand uh she's a teammate of mine on the club side and she's been she's just been crushing the university scene um after some really good marathon training last year okay jen what's what's going on
5: uh well i don't really know anything about the east coast other than i really like newfoundland you know lobsters and stuff hipster aesthetic but um I guess my area of expertise um, in the world of the CIS might be centered a little bit more on uh, facial hair and personal grooming choices. Um, haven't really been on the lookout for that too much, as many of the viewers may be aware. I recently hitchhiked across Canada um, and I'm now slumming it out in... The beautiful city of Vancouver um, so haven't really seen too much of the facial hair um, I think Windsor though saw some stuff going on there Janny's beard starting to look good um, you know they always put in a strong showing uh, the Guelph boys who knows you know their facial hair hasn't always been that on point but I think this year might be uh, changing things a little bit new, new blood in the uh, the team yeah, that's all I got right now. I'm sorry. Uh, no worries. Facebook, Facebook talking skills haven't been up to par recently.
0: Again, starting in the West End, moving East, who's everyone's dark horse picks for this meet?
5: Oh, we have
3: that Swedish guy from uh, University of Saskatchewan, Eric Whiting. He ran really well at Stewart Cup. Uh, he was kicking around with me and Matt Johnson, so he ran well. I think that he's going to have a good race. But then there's also Abdu-Salem Yusuf. He's also called Fuzzy. He's from the University of Manitoba, and he was going through a little bit of stomach issues, so I think he's going to bounce back with a really strong race. And then not to play him out is Alex James, who is out with the sickness. He's really fit right now, and I know that he's a gamer, so expect to see him up there.
0: All right, and, and the OUA, Jeff, who, uh, who are the, uh, the dark horse picks for you?
2: Yeah, I really like the sound of that Swedish guy, but I would... Um... In the OU, I think I would go with David and It's a pretty dark, dark horse right now because he hasn't had much of a season. But he, um, so he's run an eight seventeen and been top twenty at CIS in two thousand thirteen. He's um, he's kind of likely to be overlooked by people because he's been injured for so long and he attempted to race at Queen's Open. It didn't really go too well for him. But I hope he wouldn't mind me divulging like he didn't even plan on running CIs but he's had a couple really solid breakthrough workouts from there and I think he'll um I don't think he'd be towing the line if he wasn't ready to run fast. and will likely do so
0: for sure for sure uh you know taking uh taking a look cross country uh JDM who are your dark horses
5: Well, I think I'm actually going to flip over to the women's side for a change on this one. Uh, I'm actually going to rep my former roommate, who's um, currently used to run for the University of Guelph and now running for the University of Calgary as a hot transfer, some might say. Um, Melissa Jones. Yeah. Um, So she was out for injured for a couple of years, Um, hasn't really been running competitively, but recently started grad school. She's been posting some pretty solid results um, all season long, just behind uh, Emma Cook-Clark, who is a all-Canadian last year at cross-country, so usually within a about a 10 to 20 second margin of her, so probably she'll be up there in the all-Canadian mix, I would say. Hasn't appeared too much in any of the prediction charts. Um, on the team side, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Laurentian University. So I would say a lot of the, the women's team stuff, people are sticking with people who've been in the results in the past, but aren't really uh, looking at people who are up and coming, so I think... Um, Guys up in Sudbury have been uh, slowly kind of building sort of a good women's team empire there with, uh, you know, maybe not super all-star high school recruits, but uh, everyone who goes up there seems to improve, and I think every year they've seemed to get better at CIS. So,
0: now each conference likes to bracket up as far as their contributions go to the big meet. Uh, how do you think that your conferences all stack up? We'll start in the East this time.
4: Well, I think it's kind of like it's coming from both ends. I think I think the boys. At home in the U.S., kind of overestimate themselves a little bit, and I think at the same time, the the you know the boys and 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 pundits in, in the OUA's and the rest of Canada underestimate those teams. Um, there's a lot of talk going on about the stain effects and uh, and sort of the rise of that pack running team, that strong team, and um, I think that they're definitely stronger than they have been in the in the past few years. Um, and they're going to do they're going to do really really well i think they'll I think they'll crap crap top ten um and then you have you know uh Matt McNeil as an individual who's created a lot of a lot of controversy as far as uh individual medalists and and what to, what to expect on that in that on that side of things so uh as far as the a u s goes I think there, there there's there's a rise in strength um but um, when you when you kind of start looking at the numbers and looking a little bit more closely, I think that um, the effect that they have on the overall CIS team is still quite small, just because of the volume of runners that, that exist throughout the rest of Canada and and the caliber that that exists in you know the the, the Quebec Conference and the Ontario Conference and Can West like it's, it's it's still quite a big mountain of, uh, of talent so. Their effect is increasing, but uh, not not quite as much as they I think they like to they would like to claim.
0: <laughs> For sure, and and quickly, uh, you know, how does Quebec sta- stack up in comparison
4: to the rest of the country? Well, it's it's a little bit of the same story, except that I would say that Laval, I mean, being uh, on the men's side, Laval is a podium team. Um, they have podiumed in the past and. They are in the mix to podium again this year. I think it's hard to argue otherwise. Um, and on the women's side, again, they're 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 climbing the ranks, and I'm quite sure that they've finished top ten um, last year and the year before. Uh, maybe not not the year before. Um, but um, again, those those girls are getting stronger and stronger every single year. So they're they're up there competing with with the Ontario the female Ontario teams. And, uh, and and West teams, so um, um, as, lo- as well as McGill. Uh, so the, the changes are happening slowly, but um, I think all of C I S is also improving. So it's harder to see when a conference, when a specific conference, all of a sudden has this drastic improvement. But um, yeah, the Laval, Laval teams, McGill teams, they're 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 making they're making waves.
0: For sure, for sure, uh, Jeff. In the OUA, I mean, it's kind of what the the rest of the country is is really measured off. That might be a little bit of uh, of Ontario bias there, but uh, you know, how do how do you think they are? Do you think there's still that dominant force within the CIS?
2: I, th- I think it's just where most of the schools with programs are situated. So, uh, like people always get upset on the threads that predictions are OUA centric and whatnot, but. Um, I think last year was the first year since I started in university that two non-OUA schools got on the podium at a team level with a uh, Laval and Vic. And I started back in 2009. So I think generally speaking with the different OUA schools on the men's side, Windsor and Mac and Queens and Guelph, and on the women's side with U of T and Guelph and Queens, the a lot of the depth comes from there, but you know there are other schools that can definitely contend with them as well. Trinity Western on the women's side has a really strong team that I think will come second and has the best chance of taking down Guelph of anyone. On the men's side, both Trinity Western and Vic are strong as is Laval, so I, I think we'll see some good competition, but it, like always, I wouldn't expect the OUA to be left out of things.
0: For sure. And, uh, and Trevor, what's the, the view from out west?
3: I think that our rating is fairly appropriate. Being the kids from the prairies, nobody really talks about us, and we just kind of come in and tear it up. Um, but this year, like, the UFC has a pretty young team, leading the way with Alex James, Russell Pennock, Stefan Daniel, Ryan Grico. They got a good, strong, young core. So I think not this year, but next year and the year after, they're going to be a really, really strong team, and they're going to be up there. And then same with the University of Alberta. Right? They have Kieran McDonald and Will Madsen, who are strong runners, but young. They're still getting into the rhythm and still hitting their potential. So, again, not this year, but in the next couple of years, I think that Alberta is really going to have some strong talent coming out. And for now, everybody just kind of looks over us, but we're used to it. And then I think out in out on the West Coast, Trinity Western, They've been looked upon quite a bit from what I've seen on the internet and stuff like that. So I think that Declan White's going to have a really, really strong race. Um, But yeah, I think that Trinity Western's appropriately ranked up there. They're going to have strong races.
0: All right, GDM, no one's really talked about the whole women's side of thing. Uh, Who has the most overrated and underrated conferences in the CIS?
5: Well, I'm not sure if I want to throw anyone under the bus look quite like that, uh, women's team-wise. I think there's um, a little bit of overinflation, however, perhaps on the U of T women's uh, team. Um, at the beginning of the season, it kind of looked like they had a pretty strong front end with uh, Golish, Jewett, and uh, Stafford. However, as the season progressed, it became pretty apparent that Stafford is the only one of those three who will be competing. Um, I mean, they do have a strong back end on that team as well, but I don't not sure that it will be quite enough for them to get on the podium this year, um, what with Trinity Western, Queens and uh, a couple other schools having um, kind of perhaps tighter mid and back ends on their teams. Um, So yeah, conference wise, I think, um, you know, maybe uh, the Quebec conference and uh, AUS are perhaps a little bit weaker on the women's side this year. Uh, That said, there's been a lot of improvement, I think, in those conferences over the last few years. Um if you look kind of at the top twenty from CIs last year, you see there's actually a pretty good mix in there. It's not like OUA copied and pasted with a few top people stuck in as it has been perhaps um in years past when I was uh first or second year. So Alright. Looks like
0: we're almost running out of time here. Uh you know, finally with the rise of sports related drinking games, uh, if you had to design a CIS cross country drinking game rule what would it be? We'll start with, uh, with the West Coast on this one. Trevor?
3: Every time you see a headband go by, you're taking a drink.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> so that would be
3: mine. <laughs>
0: that sounds pretty dangerous. Uh, Ontario, Jeff, wh- what are you saying?
2: I-, I don't know if I have one, but an update on an Ontario athlete is that Jeff Mountjoy today just ran a 514 beer mile, which is world class. So I just toss that in there. Alright, fantastic. It hasn't been verified yet, but it's um it's up on Facebook for anyone that wants to see video evidence.
0: Alright. And uh and on the East Coast.
4: Um <laughs> two shots for tights. Two shots so for tights So any time anytime a runner comes across the finish line with tights on. <laughs> like full tights? Like like well like like uh thigh tights, you know? Like uh, sometimes yeah. men like
5: Shorts,
4: like uh, revealing tights, or or revealing tights, yeah, sure. Yeah, (laughs) bun-hugging. I'm saying half tights. My original, my original, you know, uh, uh, um, um, uh, thought was half tight. Yeah.
0: All right, and uh, and finally JDM.
5: Well, um, it's gonna be pretty early in the morning um, for the CIS live stream drinking event in Vancouver, so um you know i'm not sure that really changes my answer because i think uh perhaps i don't need a drinking game drinking is the game so you know you know we'll leave it at that i
0: guess <laughs> well that wraps up another edition of the terminal mile huge thanks goes out to all the guests this week chris moulton jeff coston trevor hofbauer jen dowling medley and ryan noel hodge as well big thanks to Tracky for their ongoing support Best of luck to all the runners tackling the big race this weekend. If you want to get in touch with the show, be sure to search us out on Twitter at the Terminal Mile. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Tracky.ca. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production.